the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merry Christmas. It's great to see so many families gathered together this time of year. Whether you have traveled back home, or are home from school for break, or whether you live in our area, just want to say a word of welcome. Welcome to St. Luke as we celebrate our Lord's birth at Christmas. We're really glad that you're here, truly. There's an old saying when it comes to relationships that good relationships require give and take. Give and take. It's an acknowledgement that when two people are in a relationship, there are times when you put in more effort, when you sacrifice, when you have the ability to or the energy, you give for the other person in a relationship. But there are also moments in life when you are just exhausted and weary and burnt out from the craziness of life, and you just need to rely on your spouse or family members to pick up some of the slack that you just can't carry forward. Sometimes you need to take. You need to rely on others. Give and take in relationships. It's a tricky thing, though. Because you don't want it to get out of balance. It's a really good recipe for a friendship, for a relationship to fail, if all you ever do, if all one person ever does, is take, and there's never any give. I heard a great piece of marriage advice recently that I think applies to all relationships. A social worker that I listened to for family and leadership advice said that she and her husband have a practice in their home that when each of them comes home from work at the end of the day, one of the first things they say to each other is a number between zero and 100. It's the percentage of the energy or effort they feel like they have left to give that day. Because there are... Meals to be made, chores to be done, and all of that. Ideally, between the two of you, you need to get to a hundred, right? So, for example, someone might come in and say, hey, I feel pretty good. I've got 80 today. And the other person might say, thank goodness, because I had the craziest day at work. I'm exhausted. I got 20. I have barely anything left to give. Between the two of you, you need to get to 100% somehow. There are meals to be made, chores to be done. If there are kids, you have to do bath time. There are bedtime stories to be read. All of that sort of stuff. Maybe you have to bake something for the bake sale that's tomorrow that you just heard about five minutes ago. You know, all of that normal stuff of life that has to be done. There's just no choice. Ideally, you want to get to 100%. Hopefully, the math adds up and the give and take works out. But what happens if one of you says 20 and the other one says, no, 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 I only have 20? Clearly, you've got a deficit of 60% that you need to make up here. Give and take. Pick a number. Let that decide the effort and the give and the take that happens. And of course, if you've got a deficit that big, you know that at least there needs to be some grace given in the relationship that night, that day, as you try and make it up together. Give and take. 
That's how loving relationships work. Can you imagine, then, what it must have been like for Mary and Joseph on that first Christmas Eve? Mary is literally nine months pregnant, a day away from delivery, and she and Joseph are traveling to Bethlehem, where Joseph is from, because everyone was ordered by the governor to go to their hometowns and be registered so that the tax base could be recorded. I wonder what numbers Mary and Joseph might have picked that night and in those days leading up to Christmas. After all, God had given them the gift of a son. But a miraculous conception? Joseph was certainly pondering what to do about this when an angel of the Lord came to him and said, that Mary was pregnant with the Son of God. That he'd be God with us. And Mary, too, had gone through so much. God had given her the gift of a son. He'd chosen her especially to be the mother of God, the mother of the Messiah himself. But so much had been taken from Mary, too. The comfort of social acceptance was taken away, let alone her physical comfort being taken away. And now everyone looked at Mary with suspicion. Even things with Joseph were tense in those days. So as they got to Bethlehem on that Christmas Eve, as there was no room for them in the inn, as they found that stable settled down for the night next to animals, as the birth of Jesus took place in a barn... I wonder what numbers they would have chosen that night, in those days. It must have taken a lot of give and take between the two of them. We're gathered today to marvel at God's gift of love to us, that he has given us his son as a free gift. As we think about our relationship with God... The Bible reminds us that our relationship with God is not like our human relationships with one another. Yes, there is give and take with God, but it works in a totally different way than our relationships with one another. And it's all bound up, it's all explained in Jesus' name. The angel when he's speaking to Joseph, tells him this child that's going to be born, the Son of God, is supposed to be named Jesus for this reason. Because he will save his people from their sins. That's what the name of Jesus literally means. The Lord saves. Listen to Paul's words in Galatians chapter 4, talking about the give and take with God. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption. That one verse 
beautifully sums up the give and take in our relationship with God. It explains the gift that causes us to gather with joy today. Because God does both the giving and the taking in our relationship with him. I love those words that Paul uses, the fullness of time. Some other translations say, when just the right time had come, when the perfect time had come, God sent Jesus. Speaks to the fact that God is in control. And not only that, God has been watching and waiting for the moment when we most needed support and care. And that's when he gave Jesus. He gave us the gift of his son. really is mind-blowing when we stop to think about it. We know what it's like in our human relationships to give, to sacrifice for somebody else, but this is not staying up late to do the dishes after your spouse goes to bed. This is not staying up late to finish the laundry or something like that. No, the God of all time and space out of love for you, gave up his only son, who'd been with him from before time began, and made him to become a human being. I don't know about you, but I can't imagine making a sacrifice that big. So what we see is that God doesn't ask us to give, but he does the giving himself. But that's not all, Paul writes, because we're told exactly why God would make such a big sacrifice and gift. Paul writes the words, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive adoption. Paul's acknowledging that there is a problem. And it's one that we can't solve for ourselves. It's the problem of sin. Our failure to live up to God's expectations. To keep God's law. In our brokenness, we have made a mess of our lives. We've made a mess of our relationship with God. And we can't clean it up ourselves. Try as we might. We just can't do it keeps getting worse. If we had to pick a number in our relationship with God, it would have to be zero because we just can't contribute enough on our own. So God gave us the gift of Jesus so that he could take away our sins, so that he could make us his children. So the beautiful difference we see today with Jesus lying in the manger in our relationship with God is that he does both the giving and the taking. He does 100% of the work. So we gather around the manger today with God's gift of love in plain sight. We heard a moment ago those words from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 
that all the promises of Jesus find of God find their yes in Jesus. Jesus has come to fulfill all the promises of God. Because there's an even more beautiful moment of giving and taking that we know hasn't happened yet, that hasn't been fulfilled yet. Jesus makes each of you a promise today that because you have received adoption, because you've been brought into his family by faith, there is a day coming when not only will he take away your sins, but he will take you to be where he is. The promise of Jesus that's fulfilled today is that Jesus has come to pave the way to eternal life for you. He's come to take us to heaven, to live with him there. Brothers and sisters in Jesus, we have a God who does both the giving and the taking in our relationship with him. And he does it all out of love for you. So we marvel at the gift of God that lays in the manger today. We remember that he's been given to us by God so that God could take away our sin and that he will come again to take us to live with him forever. What a precious gift. What a wonderful Savior. And so with the shepherds and the angels then, in humble gratitude, we respond with our heartfelt thanks and praise to the God who does both the giving and the taking at Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.